Hey, this is Jason Spray. You're listening to the Coach's Corner on Broadway Sports Media. Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson nope, and Jonathan Gordon. I'm just letting you know I'm going to hate it. You're going to hate it? Yeah. All right, here we go now. Get behind that line. We're going to do it right. Do it right. Do it light. Let's go. Welcome to this week's edition of Coach's Corner. I'm your host, Ryan Watson. Find me on Twitter at Ryan on Broadway. With me, as always, is Jonathan Boren. Find him on Twitter at JB on Broad. Make sure you go out there, give us a follow. I see you following our website and our, our, our main source, but go ahead and give us a follow, too. We're not too bad. I'll tweet every once in a while. Jonathan hits you up with some knowledge. Could be fun. Interact with us. Uh, let us know what all you'd like to hear on the show. That's a good place to find us. You can also find our show and many other podcast articles. Great, great content like Tape with a Titan, Mike Herndon articles, John Glennon articles at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Jonathan, how's it going, man? I know that last time we had we had a non-interview show, we kind of started off with some personal anecdotes. We're still in quarantine. We're still watching all of this college football craziness happen. Just it's kind of a weird world to be in right now. Yeah, it's funny. It seems like it's been so long since we recorded, and yet not too much has changed in regards to the world. We're still uh, in quarantine, still in lockdown as much as uh, as much as possible. Some people follow those rules a little bit better than others, but yep. it is uh, still the crazy world of COVID. Yeah, and I, I don't want to get too much into like whether you should be or shouldn't be. Come on, uh, you, this is a politics wear, pod now. <laughs> wear a mask. Uh, I wear a mask just because it doesn't hurt me personally. It, I, I, I lose nothing by doing it in public. I My mother-in-law has been making me some great masks. I've got a Broadway mask I wear in public if you see me and you don't recognize me because, well, why would you? But you see the Broadway mask, you know, I'm, I'm one of a few people that have one right now, so go ahead and stop me and ask me about it. I also have Titans in my Star Wars mask, so that, that's been kind of neat to do. The, the girls understand. Uh, the mask I was thankful for because my 8-year-old, it was the only way to get her to go into a store. She was pretty freaked out about everything because we had to, we had to have the talk with her, right? That this isn't the same world anymore. Anymore, regardless of everything going on, we had to have the talk that you can't just go and walk around strangers and and, and you have to cover your mouth even better than you normally do. And you know how kids are when they sneeze; they look like a gold goldfish gasping. I saw that meme where a goldfish gasping for air outside of the bowl. That's how kids cough in school, right? So we just had to have that talk. But unfortunately, the side effect was we freaked her out, right? That's not great. So the mat, when we kind of got to the point where we're like, okay, you have to wear the mask. The mask will help. Whether how you want to feel if we're lying to or not, I don't really care. It helps her. We think it works. So that's where we are. But there's a lot of other precautionaries that, that other people are taking. I don't know if there's any other steps you're taking as as you, for your family. I know we're doing the mask. We're trying to stay socially distant from people. I know that when you and I hang out, we still try to keep the social distance going and try to minimize contact. Uh, with I didn't know if there's anything else, any other steps you're taking. Oh, man, you've you seen those sci-fi movies. We had to go through a, a detox <laughs> zone. So uh, my son, he likes to go outside, but then he has to sit in the uh, quarantine zone in my house for at least two hours before two hours. coming back in. Uh, uh, it seems very reasonable and sustainable. Can't imagine your son sitting still for 20 minutes for alone two hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to imagine my son sitting still for two hours. Uh, 
I don't remember what school it was. I want to say it was a college somewhere, but somebody had a big setup. It might have been pro, and this makes more sense if it was a pro team. I can't remember who it was, but there's a whole setup where a team had the the kind of the tunnel that you walk through out to the field, and they were sanitizing everyone as they walked through. And I was like, all right, I need one of those for my front door. Every package I bring in, every time we come back from the store, let's just walk through that. You know, that's that's what I need for mine. But I'm curious, have you seen? And I that name escapes me, but I know I saw the highlight. Is there anything else you've seen out there where teams are? taking any kind of precautions or anything, any coaches wearing special masks or anything like that that you've seen? No, I think it's the the basic stuff, uh, the, the social distancing in a workout environment. I think a lot of times you're going to see the, the teams that will break up into their position groups and have specified times rather than having everybody in practice at the same time. you got to have some more precautions from breaking it down by position groups so that they can get out there then – you know, linebackers got you know nine to ten on the field, then it's gonna, and then they go into the weight room and switch with the uh, with the DB group. If you got bigger position groups, you may have um, multiple times during the day where you got your uh, A team and your B team and they're rotating. So it puts a real strain from a coaching standpoint and organization. Because trust me, some of these coaches you got you got enough to worry about it. Now you got to worry about scheduling. You need a project manager out there just to actually get you set up there. And so it, it's a whole another level of complication that you have to deal with. Um, and not to mention, I mean, right now we're in a lot of conversations about what's going on in college. Are they playing football? Are they not playing football? Well, in the pros, at least, these these are professionals. Uh, there is, and I'm not saying clearly, they do not take the most uh, precautions as, as adults, but you like to imagine a world where they could uh, be a little more responsible. But it's a, it's a whole lot easier to confine like college kids into um and know where they're at kind of thing because they're expected to be in their dorms and and so pros with how they're doing it right now it, it's nice to have them in the building but with no real bubble it brings a whole nother level of uh just angst to a right. coach and here's the thing is that you watch these other sports how they're handling everything and i think nba has done a pretty good job uh, I don't say pretty good job. They've done a fantastic job. They're in a unique situation where they can play on a few different courts. They can be in the same location, the same area. They've, they've, they've quarantined themselves down in Disney World. And the few guys who have, say, exited the bubble have found themselves in mandatory quarantine pretty quick. Now, there are some release of whether that's being stuck to and sneaking people into the bubble and that kind of stuff. And I can't remember the um, Sacramento Kings center who uh, snuck out to get Uber and he met him on the curb. And he just says, yeah, I found, a, I found a trick around this food. I got Uber, and I went out to get it, and security wouldn't go get it for me, so I had to go get it. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you're on the mandatory quarantine now. So it's just, but, but the point is they've handled it fairly well. And you've seen that they've been able to keep everyone safe. They're, they're testing. They're, there hasn't been a big outbreak that I've heard of in the NBA. Um, and, they're, and, they're, and they're putting together a product, a sports product now, especially, and I, th- I think everyone can agree that watching some sort of sport – Team organized sport, whether however you rank them, you know, football first, baseball, basketball, whatever it is, seeing p- teams compete and play and try to, in this West uh, playing in for the eighth seed, I'm going to turn this into a, a basketball podcast. But uh, my point is, it's good to see, and it's good to see that the NBA is handling this fairly well, in my opinion. Baseball, on the flip side of that, has had some outbreaks that have caused games to be postponed. I haven't heard if they're outright canceled, how they're going to handle this, because this is a 60 game season. They're shortening it by half, way more than half anyway. And it's just kind of one of those things where, well, what do they do now? Do they make these teams up in double headers? But you reach back in both the times when there's an outbreak with the Marlins and then with the, the, the Cardinals. And then I think the, the Cleveland Indians had a little snafu here recently. 
where it was guys who were going out to a casino. They went out to a bar. They traced it back to these things. So it, it's, it's a tough thing to tell. It's a tough enough thing to tell adults, professionals, but it's un, more understandable, in my opinion, to say, hey, stay away from things. Go home. Your family stays home. Quarantine yourselves. Come, basically, their lives are go home. Come back to the facility. That's what it's supposed to be to make this a successful season so you don't have to worry about all these outbreaks and all this stuff. It's a tough thing to tell them. I can't imagine telling that to an 18, 19, 20-year-old that's on campus and, and living that life that's not getting paid. It's a, it's a different mindset there for that. So, again, I, I agree that they're going through some tough times right now with the college scene. But to me, it's a lot easier to tell someone who you're, who, who's being paid to make that living to show up to the games, hey, this is the requirements just, just for this season. This is a special deal. Here's our requirements. Please stick to them. Otherwise, we're going to have to quarantine you and anybody you talk to. And the Cleveland Indians thing is like uh, uh, please act or somebody went out with uh, buddies around Chicago or wherever they were, and they made him take a, his own car back. They made him like go. And then you found out that Mike Clevenger um, hung out with him. And he didn't want to tell anybody, and he rode back with the team. So now you're like, well, great. Now do we have an outbreak on here? So that this is just released like today. So I think, I'm sure they're going through testing and whatever. But my point there through all this is that you have the professional athletes who you can maybe, I don't want to say mandate, but you can say, hey, here's what needs to happen. Otherwise, you're going to be quarantined and to get on the field. This is what's going to go. That's a, t- that's a different conversation to have with an amateur athlete. Do you agree? I mean, yeah, it's de- there's definitely differences. I mean, it's something that there is – if, if I'm the NFL, I, I'm definitely, and I'm pretty sure they put it into their agreement where if you're acting completely unreasonable and doing things outside of that, uh, we have opportunities to uh, regain money back. Now, what I want to, what I'd like to hear your opinion on really is, I mean, luckily, as coaches, when we were on the sideline and preparing for games, these were not things that we had to deal with. And I am very proud of that, that I did not <laughs> have to deal with this because I don't know what the perfect answer is. You know, us football coaches, we like things to be in order. We like to be things organized. I'm the crazy one. I'm the crazy one that likes to go into things with just like, eh, oh, we're good. We're going to wing it a little bit. You're the opposite, yeah. man. I'm, I'm just, the opposite, yeah, yes. Yeah, just immediate anxiety. Um, yes. To to the, that point, the show is a little more wing it than my normal. So I, I'm out on a limb here. So yeah. just, just for everybody out there. So I think whenever you look at football coaches, how would you handle this situation? If you were a coach right now, you're, let's, NFL coach, you're having to deal with this. What? How are you proceeding? I am doing the best I can to relay the proper information, the minimum guidelines, and then trying to keep my ear to the ground to hear about possible situations that need to be monitored and that need to be contained. Because the thing you want to avoid, it's like you hear one guy has mono. This is, I know it's a completely different scenario, but you hear like something, a virus is spreading. You want to try to quarantine that and go. So as far as you want to try to organize things to where the, the groupings of guys are as minimized as possible. Like for example, there's no reason to pack everybody shoulder to shoulder in a team meeting room. So maybe you don't have a big team meeting. You, you, you look for other ways to, communicate. So this is going to be hard for coaches, in my opinion, that have been doing this for years. And I don't want to say set in their ways, but you, you have a, you have a set way of, okay, this is when we're going to do an install period with our small groups. And this is where we're going to get together as a big group and talk about this, or you talk about your day beforehand, whatever the order is. Now you've got to be a little smarter about it. You've got to, you've got to adhere to what you've been, you've been hearing 
from the league office, from other people. And, and also I'm probably going to pick the brain of, of, of people around me and say, Hey, can we be doing this better? Can we, can we be having this meeting in, in a safer environment for our guys? I think that's the big thing. Cause here's the thing. They're going to have to be in contact at some point out on the field, but you give yourself time. If you don't just pack in and you don't do all this and you give yourself time, you can maybe eliminate or, or, or if it breaks out, it breaks out because that's just the, the, but you have to try to do your best to, stop the, the the dam from breaking and you just have to go through that. I saw the the film of Andy Reid, I think with the full face shield um, in one of his first meetings. I think that that's just, if you're indoors and you're doing that kind of stuff, you have to mask up. You have to tell guys it's a requirement. It's, it's a team equipment that's required and, and then find ways to carry that over into practice as much as you can. Uh, the, the, this is something you never had to think about really before was the, the, the um, getting water. How much of a cesspool that could be now? Like guys sharing bottles. So now everybody does. Everybody have their own bottle. Does everybody have their own water supply? Their own backpack technology hooked up under their pads where they can just have their own thing. That's the kind of stuff you have to look into, and you may not have ever had to think about as a coach before. Is, is your setup times now change? Your conditioning now changes. Just it's a whole different world. Not e- not even just that. So okay, I'm gonna paint a picture for you. Okay, right. go ahead. We, we go through a, we go through our walkthrough on Friday. Mm-hmm. We uh, take our we take our daily test as is subject to the agreement. All right, so tests all come back on Friday, but there's a 24 hour delay in getting the test back that you actually take on Friday. So you board a plane to go on your away game. While on that plane, you get test results back, and your starting quarterback is tested positive for COVID. How you acting? Oh my! Let gosh. me tell you how you're acting. I'm panicking. You're panicking. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you prevent this? Because I'm not sure if it's a quarterback, whether it's your star player. People are going to get it in all likelihood. There's going to be something that's not, that just pops up here or there. Now, what, how you handle it is you, you talk about your emergency quarterback. Well, this is a different st- different level of an emergency quarterback. You find the dude that, whether it's your rookie, whether it's, um, it's a, a journeyman guy, whether it's Logan Woodside, you put that dude in a bubble. Say, okay, I guarantee you your roster spot, but you are, you are completely secluded. You are bubble boy until proven otherwise, where we can get you out there in a, in a pinch, somebody that you know. Otherwise, you're ending up uh, with your other emergency quarterback, which is probably, I don't know, if you had to guess, probably A.J. Brown at this point, you're just throwing him back there, or, or Derrick Henry. What about Jonathan Smith? He seems to handle running yeah, back right. quite well. well. <laughs> but Derrick Henry does have a passing touchdown. He does, so. he does. More, I, more passing touchdowns than some other quarterbacks that are out there. Yeah, so I in think. In the playoffs. Yeah, and so I think whenever uh, you look at, look at that, that's the different precautions you're going to have to take. And I don't even think, I mean, I may be putting my entire practice squad in a bubble separately. Yeah, that's not a bad point. Because you're going to have to quickly move these guys up, and you can't take the risk of them also being COVID positive. And you need people that are going to know your system. So it, those are the weird things. And who, who are you designating for that? And I guess the, the way I attacked it was you try to keep your starters as much of a bubble as you can, right? Oh, for sure. And then, But I, I think I agree with you more is you put a double bubble, double bubble, <laughs> around your backup guys just so you, that if something does happen – your backups can step in and at least float you until because that's you got a good point. If, if for whatever reason Corona breaks out breaks out in your running back room, let's say that changes everything. So congratulations, it, Titans! You finally got what you wanted. We are a spread passing <laughs> offense. We are throwing the ball fifty times a game. Oh my gosh! So I, I watched that. This um, I watched. Uh, I've been watching a ton of TV through quarantine. We I think we've discussed that before, but um, I got to catch up on Last Chance You, and that's one of my favorite shows because. The coaches have, for the most part, been just awful human beings. 
but there was a sense of they would at least say, I do care about the kids. I never really believed that until this season. Uh, Coach Beam out there in California at Laney College seemed like he generally cared about the kids, but he's still that same. He's going to cuss at them, and you know my feelings on that. I'm not as big as, as – it's fine with – I'm fine with using cussing on a coaching field, but don't ever cuss at a kid kind of a thing, and that's what happens a lot of times, and I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's beside the point. In the show, spoiler alert, very early on, he lost three quarterbacks. I, I can relate to that. My, one year at, at, at Lambeth, we lost four quarterbacks in like a five-week span. You're just like, what do you do? So it's one of those things where they had to take a receiver, and they start, they just basically pulled receivers and said, who can throw the ball? Let's see who throws the best ball. Who's the best runner? Let's let's implement a little bit of speed option, a little zone read. So you do those kind of things. You have those kind of things. So I think another point of this is you have to have a backup plan to your plan. Backup plan to your backup plan to your plan. Because – if, if we have to go to the emergency, to the emergency, because that's just, they may have to get to the point where they have to get something done, to your point. And, and if John who's back there or Derek Henry's taking Wildcat the entire time and you know, Cole McDonald, if you can keep him in a bubble <laughs> safely somewhere and call him up to the team. But that's the other thing, too, is if you're all on the plane going, then you've got to get, you've got to say it breaks out and you've got to get Cole who McDonald, who was left off of the roster, you now got to get him to wherever you're going. You got to get them to Denver or wherever, you know. Well, God, I hope it's not that early. But the point is, is that you have to have those backup plans and say, "Hey, let's not rush to get a ticket. Maybe we leave something just in case, or maybe we have just an automatic way." You have to at least talk through those things with your admin and with 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 whoever else to make sure that those 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 steps are in place so that's a quick process for you. Yeah, and it's funny because you talk about all these protections you got to put in place for the players. But the Titans saw when they lost Dean Pease uh, oh, yeah. right at the beginning of a game and not lost, lost, obviously. Well, he, he had to go to the hospital. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you saw what kind of impact that had on that team. You, you look at – let me ask you this. How many, uh, how many coaches – and you've been around a lot of coaches, more than I have. And how many coaches would you say are in peak physical condition? <sighs> probably can count it on one hand out of the ratio yeah that's yeah. out of the 30 that i've known maybe four or five and and i'm not including the strength and conditioning coaches because those are just a given those dudes are those dudes are most always in shape yeah so you look at when covid spreads you were worried about players but the at risk i mean you look at andy reed andy reed gets covid pete carroll gets covid these are the dudes that are like and pete carroll's in good shape for his age but still his age he's getting up there yeah and so those are the ones where I think you got to be a little bit concerned that you got to be protecting your coaches out there because yes, I it, it impacts the body. It can have a bigger impact. Von Miller talking about how he was feeling impacts from it, you know, weeks after. But they, well, that's the scary still, thing too. You don't know how it's going to affect you until you get it. And I think that's the scariest thing about this is that some people, you and I, could have had it already, and we would never have known. Our entire families could have had it. We might not have ever known. And that's the problem. Now I know that getting tested clears that up and all that, but. You just don't know how your body's going to react till you get it. Can you imagine the state of Alabama if Nick Saban gets it? Well, that's I'm putting all my coaches in a – you talk about are they going to coach from the field or coach from the box? They're literally coaching from a box, each yep. one of them. You're in a separate box. In a box that's on it. the side. Uh, the one that just moves with them. Yeah. Hey, no, even, have you seen those? No, seen? Each one has their own booger mobile. <laughs> booger mobile. They're just all driving around <laughs> on the sideline. Or, or you have to go into the box. Put them up in the stands. You're going to have so many limited fans. Just put them up there. Let them coach from there. Yeah. Keep them separate. I did that. I did that. Uh, I think we did that one spring game. We tried to to get the. We wanted to separate the offense and defensive coaches for a spring game. Uh, so we put the the the, uh, the defensive coaches had the short straw, so they had to go sit on top of the visitor bleachers, which weren't as high as the home 
bleachers, so they had to sit over there. So that's a, that, 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 that's a unique experience. That'd be kind of fun to see. Because you see that in baseball, too, right now, where the players are hanging out. If they're not playing, they're hanging out in the stadium. They're not all compacted in that dugout because I think they've got a, a limit on who can be there. But that's a good point. And the other thing I was going to say is they've got those chairs that have that whole bubble you can zip up. Like, what if you, oh, yeah. you, you just walk around with that suit or whatever? But that's, that's, that's the thing. Protect the coaches. This is coach's yeah. corner. Protect the coach. Protect the coaches, please. <laughs> to protect everybody at this point. I think that our main point with this is you have to be smart. You have to have a plan, have a backup plan, and then just and just what is it we've been saying uh, in our daily lives is you have to be you're flexible is too rigid. You have to be fluid. Oh yeah. Well, and, and look, look, but and I know we got to move on. We got other topics we want to get to, but let me tell you. You talk about coaches. This is the coaching perspective. The number of times you will rep a three-yard slant route to make sure that it is perfect, having this big of a grenade thrown at you into how you prepare and act, there are a lot of really anxious coaches out there. Promise you that. You, you bring up a good point before we move on, and that's it, is I think that you also have to start talking to yourself now that you can't panic. Oh, yeah. You can't panic. It's, a, it's, a, it is a, it's going to set in. You have to understand that, but you, that's why you have to have your plans. Take a deep breath. Understand that everyone's going to have to deal with it at some point. It's not just you. and You have to take a deep breath and get through it because if you panic, you make a bad decision. You, you said, no, no, we're not going to stick to our plan. We're going to do this. And next thing you know, you're in a whole different world. Oh, so yeah. what, what we're saying on this podcast versus what I'm saying, if I'm still coaching a team, yeah, vastly different. Uh, we're going to deal with it like we can. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're going to go keep things as normal as possible. But in my mind, in my mind, was, this is crap. Oh, for sure. And that's just, it, I don't know. I, I, env- I don't envy. I envy the paycheck. I don't envy yeah, the decision sure. those NFL coaches are having to make right now, the discussions they're having to have. Because that's the thing, too, is what, how, you know, these guys, and I don't, and I don't blame a guy for opting out. Like, I've seen people get mad at their players for opting out of seasons and stuff. You don't know their home situation. You don't know what their family is going through. You don't know the at risk that could be at home if they have a live in mom or if their 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 spouse is is at risk for some reason or their kid. I'm sorry. Sometimes family matters and family makes decisions. So that's the last I'll say on it. I don't know if you have anything else to fill in about the COVID. Oh, I would just say I'm surprised that uh, since the Patriots are obviously tanking this season to get that number one pick, that uh, Bill Belichick himself didn't opt out. I mean, he still could. Yeah, just it, they just, lose the first couple of games. I'm done. Yeah, just be done. Don't show up. Just be like, you'll hire me back. What is it? Who is it? Um, you just he can just have a hospital bed or something, or like a do a bed up in the. Uh, oh, that's Hugh Freeze. Yeah, Hugh Freeze. You have a bed up in the in the have a bed up in the press box. Surprise that you couldn't remember the name Hugh Freeze. <laughs> Maybe I've blocked it out. Anyway, moving on. So looking around with the Titans, we want to talk about some other football stuff too. We've got that out of our system. It's been kind of an interesting thing to watch. We'll see what happens with college. I'm curious to see because not all the conferences have opted out yet, but it looks like it's their days are numbered as far because here's the, the 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 sad truth of it is, if everybody opt, all the other conferences opt out and you're the only one left, it's going to be well congratulations you just won the SEC woo big asterisk I mean you're not playing for any national championship whatsoever oh I saw somebody say they uh, they would have picked Ohio State to win I'm claiming it that's a that's national championship. That's, the, that's your COVID national championship so right there. So who's, who's going to be the last holdout team that's going to go play one game and if they win to be like, we're national champs. We won the one game this year. That's practically what Bama did like back in the 50s, right? They just... Well, no, I think they, they, they won at least four games. So, yeah, <laughs> for a couple of those. You, but, have my, you have my vote. No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. I take it back. It's 100% Texas so that they can finally, <laughs> finally say Texas is back. They're back. 
Oh, man. So, but uh, speaking of things that are back and things that are not back, we're going to move on to the Titans defense. Now, in an earlier podcast, we covered the Titans offense, our expectations, some additions, some subtractions, and wanted to get your thoughts. There's been some some news here recently. Now, we put that just in complete transparency, because that's the thing about Broadway sports. We want to be transparent. We want to be authentic. We were putting off defense as long as we could because we were waiting to see if one individual in particular would sign. Well, guess what? He still ain't signed. Jadavion Clowney is still not a Titan, still don't know what he's doing. I will say right now, I've been I've been saying this for weeks because I've given up hope and that he is not going to be a Titan this year. I'm also saying that just because I'm typically wrong on those things. So I'd like to be wrong on this one too. But we have to move on at some point in time and talk about what the Titans here have and assume that he's not going to come and then have a whole other show about how he impacts if he does show up. But they have some had some additions, but I just wanted to think, ask you just a general question, and then you can dig deeper into it. Did the Titans do enough with what they lost by adding, and did you think they'll be successful, just yes or no, for the 2020 season? Eh? <laughs> okay, am I allowed to elaborate more? I, you you yes. told me just yes or no. So just I, yes I, or no, I, I and then the elaborate. Here. Yeah. Uh, no, the... If you want to say, based on their losses, did they do enough, then I guess yes, if your goal is to at least maintain what you were last year. Uh, I think the Christian Fulton over Logan Ryan, if you listen to our Teron Davenport interview last week, is uh, something that's going to allow them to be more versatile. I'm not sure if it'll be a direct Christian Fulton into Logan Ryan's shoes and play the exact same way. I think you lose uh, on the edge. You know, y- you bring in a Vic Beasley, allegedly. Just got onto the... Oh, he's here. He's here. He's, he's here. He's here. He's just, just didn't a, pass physical and now is on the NFI list. So, he, he's here. Just uh, he's about as useful right now as I am to the Titans. And so, I would say, assuming Vic Beasley is playing for them, then it's probably a push, in my opinion. Uh, I think, you, you know, you lost Real Casey... You hope Jeffrey Simmons steps up and hopefully is a little bit better. Uh, your linebacker play it should be a push. Your inside linebacker play. Your safety should be a push. Uh, corners, you probably did get a little bit better with uh, Logan Ryan and Christian Fulton. Uh, you know, we talked about last week about how they're going to be more versatile. I think you could see Malcolm Butler or a Dory Jackson playing a, little, a few snaps in the slot. You may see Christian Fulton in the slot, I know, and he talked on uh, tape with the Titan that the, the Justins did here at Broadway Sports um, that they – talked about Christian Fulton playing in the slot, but I can mm-hmm. tell you that for young guys, you like to give them one spot and stick to it. If it were me, I'm not putting Christian Fulton in the slot. If I have to give him one spot, there's other positions where I would put him at. Uh, it, I guess, you know, spoiler alert, it's the outside cornerback. <laughs> so where one, else would you put him yeah, other than the slot, John? Uh, edge rusher, because <laughs> they need to get to the quarterback. Well. Uh, and so I think that's a, I think it's a push. I, I, as they stand right now, I think it's a push. Yeah, they also uh, added Jack Crawford and drafted the row Murchison. Um, I, they seem to like Murch from everything that I could say, the, the, their, their research into him. Uh the interviews I've, I've seen, he, he seems like a, a kid who's eager, who's willing. Uh, if you're saying that he's going to re- replace Drell Casey as positional, I don't see it. Uh, I think they may – now, again, we can get into Drell Casey a little bit because you've lost a big leader for your team. You lost a guy who was a one of the big Titans, right? Like he was uh, 
a face of the Titans. This was a team, I think, that the, the the nice thing about this team was that you just didn't have one face of the Titans. You had multiple faces, and he was one of them. I mean, he was a he was a he was a jersey presenter. Yeah, so, well, and he, he's one of the the few left of the old guard. When right, the Titans sucked. Right, so he went through a lot. I, I get it from a business. It's okay. Here's the thing: it's okay to be upset he's gone. It is hundred percent okay to be to be upset that he's gone. I am not saying you can't be, but you also have to look at it of what they got something for him and they shed the contract weight. You at the time I thought, Oh, well they're shedding it for clowny, but obviously that's not happening or has not happened. So I, I question some things, but, but from the business sense, it's an older defensive lineman who's just continued going to continue to get older and you have to make a decision. And of those decisions, you have to decide, you have to have this balancing act of when is the proper time to let go when you can still get something. And people say, well, they should have gotten more of the seventh round. I'm not going to say I disagree with that either, but you also have to weigh the options you're given once you decide to put someone out there. And then now you have to go back with, well, we tried to trade you, but you know, I want you to stay and we're not going to get anything from you. We're just going to lose you in free agency kind of thing. So, I mean, they I had, think they were releasing him. Yeah. That's the thing. That's a good point. We're going to release you. Thank you for that. Uh, we're going to release you. We're going to get something. So they, so you look at this, you could either have nothing for Casey or seventh round pick. I know which one I'm picking if those are the only two options I'm presented because we're not in those meetings. And everyone who's upset at the seventh-round pick, I get it. I would have loved if they could have gotten a first-round pick for him. But everybody would. But you have to also play in a little thing called reality. Yes, I'll have to understand the value of an interior defensive lineman no matter what he means to you in your heart. I'm going to miss him, though. Because when we watch games together, every time he, you know, me, I would always say the crack. And I loved watching him play and, and how he would get to the quarterback and the heart he brought. So it's going to be missed. Yeah, and he's one of those guys, as a coach, you love him because athletically he wasn't spectacular. He, he wasn't, frankly, Jeffrey Simmons, sure. who is a, a freak of nature, but he's a technically sound and very strong effort guy. Yeah. Uh, great great in the community, yeah. off the field too. So, so that's yeah. the guy you love to coach. Um, but if you look at it, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, he, you took him when you did. You feel like you got a steal from him. He's got to be on the field a bit more. Isaiah Mack flashed last year. Showed, mm-hmm. some, showed some real signs of improving and is significantly cheaper. So when you look at it like that, and you look at it from a business standpoint, it kind of makes sense. Um, like you said, we can talk value of what you're going to get, but I do think that's uh, something, the fact they accepted a seventh-round pick and did it when they did kind of lends to the fact that they were going to release him. Uh, Daquan Jones wasn't bad either. What, that, yeah, that that's easy to say. That's the thing. Daquan is Daquan. I think that dude is super underappreciated yeah. here. Um, you talk about a guy that does the dirty work, uh, and this is where you get into, you know, when you're actually watching who's making the play and who made the play kind of thing. Like he's, Sean, the, he's the push-pull guy. He's not oh, necessarily yeah. the, the cut-and-slant guy. He's the one who's going to eat up the linemen. He's going to eat up the gaps. I saw him multiple times last year. Like, Simmons did this too. But if you have two of these guys, they can just eat up multiple gaps with their technique and how they're reacting to the offensive line. That's very valuable for your linebackers, for your other defensive linemen. For sure. I mean, perfect, perfect example, you look at the uh, goal line stand against New England. I mean, Rashawn Evans, and they were great plays by Rashawn Evans. Sure. They were absolutely spectacular plays. But you know who else made spectacular plays on that play? It was Simmons. And he's blowing his guy off the ball, making an easy, I say easy, it's the NFL, <laughs> I don't want to undermine it, uh, making it a relatively easy uh, run-through for your linebacker. And so if that doesn't happen, then Rashawn Evans gets washed down, and whether or not he made the right play to get there or not, he's not physically able to get through a, a body. So you, that's how 
this system works together. And so you look at a guy like Simmons, when he's fully healthy, he's got to be the dude to step up. Daquan Jones, Isaiah Mack, I think that they have the talent on the defensive line. Sure. And it's when you get to that edge position that I really am worried yeah, and here's the thing. is like people, I know there were some complaints. Look, they got Beasley on a relatively cheap one-year deal for when you're talking about edge. Um, and there was a, something, uh, there was a, I saw I saw an article or, 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 or a posting where the top 10 or the top five pass rushers grade-wise were on losing teams. There's a lot of factors. One is the generally a losing team that has a high pick in the draft, and high picks have been going to edges of quite a bit like recently. So yes, your your best edges are going to be on bad teams, um, typically. Or it just could also matter that sometimes team defense matters more than just one position. So you and I have our opinions on how important coverage is compared to, but you have to. It would be nice to have more consistent pressure. So I guess I'm not asking for a top of the line edge rusher I'm asking for just more pressure yeah and I think again to go back to our interview with Tehran I mentioned in that interview that I think the Titans are overly reliant on manufactured pressure sure. that they can out scheme the other team to scheme up pressure which is great that is absolutely great to have that ability in your bag it's also nice to have that dude that can just go whoop his guy one-on-one and get to the quarterback and we talk about the dynamics of they are set up to stop a team like Baltimore they're set up to go attack that they're big up front they got linebackers that can attack and they got vertical versatile DBs, including guys that can come downhill and play that extra linebacker position. So they are built for Baltimore. But guess what? Baltimore didn't win the Super Bowl. Nope. The Kansas City Chiefs did. Kansas City Chiefs did. And, you know, I, and frankly, I don't know how you stop Kansas City's offense because you there's can't. too many weapons. So they're the epitome of you You slow them down. It, it's, 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 it's too many weapons mixed with the perfect coaching staff. Sure. And the, the coaching mentality for those guys. I, I've said this a million times throughout my, 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 my career is that you know, it, you know, for example, is Brady Brady without Belichick? Well, yeah. I think you can apply the same to at least some extent. Is Mahomes Mahomes without Andy Reid, the quarterback whisperer? I, he's a talented kid. I'm sure that he's going to be successful in the NFL, but is he what he is? Yeah, and uh, you look at what they did against Kansas City. They actually did what I would do. They did exactly leading up to the week exactly what I said I would do. Take away Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And they did take away Kelsey. They were, if you go back and watch the film, they're doubling him at the line. They're pressuring him off, not letting him get a release and saying, okay, we'll ride or die with the rest of them. Right. Well, Tyreek Hill getting matched up against Logan Ryan was a problem. Sure. And it happened multiple times that game. So you take away Kelsey, but it's then pick your poison. So, yes, from that sense, it's one of those that where – you know, you, you go in, you put a Christian Fulton, or maybe you can put a Dory who athletically should be able to compete with uh, a Tyreek Hill as well as anybody as far as speed goes. And so you have those options of getting those matchups. So that's where I think you could see maybe a win there. But look, you go back and look at the unstoppable offense of the New England Patriots. They sent four, dropped seven. They, and they got to the quarterback. That's how you compete with them. You can't commit. You can't blitz. And whenever you have a team that is, is so reliant on manufactured pressure, that means you're having to give up something. Sure. And so that's where I think you got to have that edge guy. You're giving up a gap. You're giving up. What he means by that is you're, you're having to manufacture by a stunt or something that you're taking a guy out of position. You're not being able to, to play the safest I don't want to say base, but you're not able to just man up and take the gap that you're in front of. You've got to have some movement. Teams can take advantage of that. They can call the right play at the right time and or scramble if you your guy was just a little bit out of position. Next thing you know, you're relying on a corner to tackle a quarterback 
that's five yards from the end zone, and then all of a sudden he just rolls right into it and right before halftime, and you're deflated. Well, no idea where I got that from. No, not at all. Well, I mean, but it's basic <laughs> math. If, if you send five guys, yep. you only have six guys to cover. Right. If you send four, you got seven. So, but you got to still be able to balance getting pressure sure. and covering. And trust me, you can have you could have seven Hall of Famers in the backfield, the defensive backfield. You give Mahomes and, ten seconds, him. he's, he's going to eat you up. Exactly. Yep. And so I think that's where you got to have that guy. And I don't want to keep harping on it, but I, I do think no, that it's worth harping I, on. Yeah, because I do think that. Look, we don't. You don't play this game. You don't coach this game to uh, make the playoffs. And frankly, you don't do it to make the AFC Championship. Now. Would I have taken it? And if I'm the, co- you know, as a fan, if I'm a, an observer, would I have gone into and said last year that I'd take an AFC championship appearance? Absolutely. That, that's yeah. successful. That's going from good to great. We talked about how, you know, how they got there. There's some questions. But whenever you get into what the absolute goal is, it's to win a Super Bowl. Right. Do I think they've necessarily gotten closer to beating the Chiefs defensively than they ended the year last year? And it's hard for me to say yes where they sit right now. Incrementally. I think they did incrementally. I think they did by a small step. And what I say that is I think they got better at the corner position. However you, you roll them out there, I think they got better. I think Fulton's a special kid. I think your combination of what you can throw out there is better. And here, we're, we're past the years where we're having to deal with guys that you're hoping can get near a guy. You've got some really good – the secondary is very good. We talked about this with Theron, how underrated nationally the Titans are. We'll double that for the secondary. This is one of the strongest parts of this team on a strong team. Between your safeties – Kenny Caro is great. He's been fantastic since he came over. And I love the combo of him and Byron. They're just fun to watch. The corners, a healthy Malcolm Butler and a Dory, a Dory Jackson are good corners. Now you throw Fulton into that, and wherever you put, wherever you match people up and throw people around, they're going to be better in the secondary yeah, and as Johnson, a whole. Jonathan Joseph. To Jonathan Joseph coming the, over uh, from veteran presence in the safety room. You still got Amani Hooker and Dane Crookshank. That, yeah, that, we, and that's the thing. We haven't talked about the back. Yeah, yeah exactly. versatility is there at, at, at the DB room. So do I think they're better there? Probably. Now, again, again, there's always, there's always some anxiety when you're relying on filling a hole with a rookie because you just don't know. Right, exactly. It, just because you look good in college at a certain level because you've seen guys that look like Great superstars in college look just terrible in the NFL. You've also seen guys that have been very mediocre to average have, have just been technically sound and get the job done week in and week out. Um, so we'll see what happens when you actually the lights come on, as they say, and, and, and you have to actually cover someone. There's going to be some growing pains. Heck, as much as I love Adore Jackson, there's some growing pains there. There's going to there's gonna exist that. But I, I think that you've, you've been pretty famous about saying that if you're not trying to get better, what are we doing? And I think that the, the 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 moves in the secondary were an attempt to get better, and it may take a few games. Hopefully, it doesn't. But I think we just have to kind of uh, do the un—no um, offense here, guys—but the untightened uh, fan thing here. Just be patient <laughs> and let it develop. I know that that there's always this kind of uh, we need we want results now. I think that's more of a society thing than anything else. So the, the instant gratification, but you give this some time. I also think we got to give if he's going to be here, Vic Beasley, some time too. Just to go back to Edge real quick, I think he's a typical great candidate for change of scenery guy. He clearly was not happy in Atlanta. Things had gone bad. That organization was not happy with him. Heck, they put out an announcement that this weird announcement. We're like, done. We're done with him. We're not going to resign him, which is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then everyone said, called back to it when all this was going on. Maybe there's a reason. Well, he dealt with the death in the family. We all handle death differently. I don't know how close the, the relative was to him. He had some other stuff going on. 
he's here, he's making the attempt. Until he just absolutely quits and walks away, I'm willing to give him a chance. I at least want to see him get on the field. He failed the physical. That could mean a number of different things. That's not great. I'm not thrilled that he failed the physical, but I'm willing to still give him a chance as long as he has the ability at some point to put pads on. And I think and I think that he's going to be a good addition because he's not that far. Like we said with Teron, he's not that far removed from a 15 and a half sack season. And hell, he had eight, what eight and a half, eight last year. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, frankly, yep. you, you have to give him a yeah. shot. You have to give because frankly, they you need paid him. him. <laughs> you didn't just pay him; like you need you him. need him. Yeah, exactly. Like we just talked about you have to be able to improve in the pass rush. And so, say what you want, but until Clowney walks in that door, well. Sorry, you you need Vic Beasley because otherwise it's Kamale Correa who is a role player. He's an effort guy. He, uh, you need those guys on the team. Derek Robertson's interesting. DeAndre Walker's interesting, yeah. but again, that's yeah, a, Walker's an unknown. Like he's an unknown. It's the same thing. It's it's not quite the same with thing with Fulton, I think. But he's an unknown from college. Who we got to see how he looks. He could surprise us because I mean the, the kid's athletic. Yeah, he, he's an athletic. He's an athletic kid, but he, he's frankly it, he's not quite a rookie. But it's his first year playing, and mm-hmm. he's coming off a year-ending injury. So you know, you, ne- you never know how you're going to come back in that first first season back. So right, right. I, Sorry about that. Just yeah. so many questions to go go at, at that edge position, and then Harold Landry. I think he. I think he's a good dude. I think he he's a good player. He's probably above average in pass rush, and maybe he takes that step forward. There were questions about whether he had too many snaps. So can you? control that by having some more bodies there but you can't just sacrifice taking off your only adequate one-on-one pass rusher just because you gotta because then you're just it might as well it doesn't matter if you're saving snaps at that point so you gotta have them on the field so it puts you in a bind so i'm interested to see what they do um and who knows maybe that that you get something from uh, that David Long stepping up gives you some more ability to use Rashawn Evans in an, in kind of a rush position. Sure, he, he did great in that in college, and he he shows the ability for whatever faults you may think Rashawn Evans has. That dude does one thing at a superior level, and that is come downhill fast, and he gets he gets involved in plays. And, and all the linebackers have that trait. They seem they get involved. They're not afraid to stick their nose in there. They're a fun group to watch. Now I'm not going to sit here and call them the best in the NFL or anything like that, but they're a good group. And that's the thing I want to point out is that when you're looking at the defense is that where I don't disagree with your your meh sentiment because you, you didn't get that big wow factor at some point, but they are solid and they get better the deeper you go in the lines. They, they, they are solid up front. They're solid in the linebacker crew. And then they're really good behind that, in my opinion, with the safeties especially. And when you've got the number one safety in the NFL, you, you got to be good, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, but – I think they added enough pieces for depth reasons that can help out in other areas like um, Dunsbar, uh, uh, Nick, the kid. You wanna? You wanna I don't know his name. name. No, I, I don't want to. Would you just <laughs> correct me now? So I don't. Does 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 Benar? This will be a weekly segment. Yes. We're gonna pick out random names, names for 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 Ryan, for Ryan, Ryan to, pronounce. to pronounce. Anyway, he's more of a special teams uh, addition, yeah. is what I'm getting at. But that's a piece that. He's a good special teams player. Sure. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to filter in someone else there. He can play there. So they're, they're losing Woodyard and they're losing uh, Darren Bates. So, I mean, you, you lost some experience there. Sure. Um, you're hoping your young guys are ready to step up. And, and I mean, I think it is definitely time to move on from Woodyard. Um, and so Darren Bates was a special teams ace. So I think that's where Zunbar comes in. and can, Zunbar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. I'm gonna say it with confidence. Zubnar. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so the D silent. Yeah, I think so. Don't, um, we, don't we wish that was all? Never mind. Anyway, go ahead. 
Well, we're an explicit podcast. <laughs> Somehow we are anyway. It doesn't so, matter. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead and cuss. No, yeah, I'm just right. Don't no. do that. My nephew listens. So whenever you look at, at that, I mean, frankly, if he is a starter, you've got some pretty back-breaking injuries right there. So you, you <laughs> yep. hope that that guy, the back of your roster guys, you hope can contribute on special teams and are adequate at that. Um, and But hopefully, yeah, he's not starting. But I, I do think, though, in an age where offense tends to win a bit more than it used to, I would have liked to have seen more improvement from – they seem to be relying mostly on consistency, which may not – this may be the perfect year to do that. It may Because, sure. I mean, you're not – in this messed up year that we talked about with COVID and everything, it may be the perfect year to not try to change up a ton. The closest teams, the teams that can stay the healthiest, the teams that can just do what they do are probably going to be the most successful teams because you're not going to have the opportunity to put in a whole lot of the exotic things. Andy Reid will find a way to still get them in because he's Andy Reid. But this is going to be one of those years. Now, look, the Titans look to be the favorites in the South from just how everything panned out with what everything added. I, I've seen – I've seen some weird things out there where people are predicting the Titans to have four wins. At least they have one more win than what was being thrown out there last year, I guess. But I've seen that their floor, I've seen some, some, some really smart things out there. That their floor is seven and nine, depending on how things break. I could see that happening. I've also seen their ceiling being 12 and four. I can see that happening. It just, it's all, they've got the, what is the, the, the third easiest schedule. How do you say that? The 30th. 29th hardest, whatever. Yeah. They have <laughs> a relatively easy schedule. They have an easy schedule. NFL. However, we, say, we, we had that argument on the flex, and that's one of the greatest sound bites I think I've ever had <laughs> for the argument that broke out from that. Uh, but that, they've got an easy schedule going forward. I just don't see them losing that many games. Like, I, I see them losing a few here and there because you're going to have some growing pains. You're going to run into a game where it's just not your game, those kind of things. So I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated. I think 12 games is a stretch. I see them around that 10 game mark is for 10 wins. And I think this defense staying consistent is going to contribute greatly to that because I think you upgraded slightly at a couple need positions and I think you hit your markets. Cause here's the thing people were pegging Fulton to be the first round pick and that he was going to be a first round pick and you get him in the second round. You also are able to get a tackle who no one could really agree was a first round for all. I know this is a defense, but just you, I can't believe how, how lucky and or not lucky, but how good John Robinson's run has been. I mean, people want to point out the two or three misses. Can we talk about this? The, the 10 to 15 hits, you know, right. he just does. He keeps doing a good job. So, I mean, I, that's my point. You got an incredible value out of Fulton. It looks like he's going to contribute right away. And I think that you stayed consistent enough. It would have been great if you got that absolute game changing pass rusher, but they, they don't, they don't seem to be walking away from a whole lot of teams, and they when they do, they're commanding a whole lot of money. So you kind of have to if you're not ha- if you don't have tons of, of of payroll saved up for it, you kind of have to wait for your opportunities. Opportunities cost tra- cost draft picks. Opportunities are trade capital, and with what they're gaining back on offense too, maybe the best move was just to stay consistent on defense because you're already you know I know you're having to deal with your defensive coordinator retiring again, so. Maybe keeping the players consistent was the best move. Yeah, I mean, as with everything else in the offseason, as we get closer and closer to actual football season, time will tell. And I will say, though, you got to get over that nine-win mark. Good Lord. Yes, please. It's almost like that unattainable goal. That's why I said I can see them easily getting to 10. I'm hoping that we can (laughs) move this along. I do think they have a... Obviously, there's a range in games that they could win or lose, but I do think they are relatively one of the least volatile teams, I think they're going to be a good team. Will they be a great team? Will they be a top team? I'm not sure. But I do think that the Texans got worse. Yep. Jags are the Jags. I mean, maybe 
I don't know. Real quick. Just too much. I I just not. That's not even like I hate the the Jags. The lazy comparison to the the Jags team for this Titans team, the Jags that went to the AFC Championship game and then just – I don't think they've won five games since. I'm exaggerating, but maybe I'm not. Um, But the comparison between that and the Titans of this year is just – I don't get the comparison. The teams weren't the same. The coaching staffs weren't the same. If you look at anybody who's come out of that that locker room, that's one of the worst-run teams in the NFL with with just how they are. The Titans seem to be the exact opposite of that, so I just don't see that happening. Well, and also, I mean, that was an outlier season for the Jags. Yeah. If you want to say making the AFC Championship was an outlier, but they've been 9-7 and for four straight years. They've been a winning team. It's frustrating, but it's been a winning team. Sure, it's but they're not terrible. That's the thing that kind of get, gets you. That frank, frankly, that's one of the reasons those kind of takes, those national takes, are the reason that Broadway sports media exists. So I mean, we we hope to look. If I am wrong and that defense is just otherworldly, I will sit here on camera and I will tell you all that I was an idiot. I was one hundred percent an idiot, and you can tell me that. I'm not going to run away from that. I am here to own it. That's why. That's the difference. Well, now I kind of wanted that to happen. Just so I can hear you say you're wrong. <laughs> oh, I'd love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong, that the tit- and the Titans' defense is going to be spectacular. I'd love to see a five, six sack game against Patrick Mahomes with a couple interceptions because he was under pressure. I'll all take night. I'll take a five, six sack game against Philip Rivers just so that he can't sit back there and just pick us apart. Because as much as I think he's declined, I think this is the one year he's going to have some sort of resurgence when he's on the freaking Colts. Yeah, I, so I think when you look at that, win the AFC South. Mm-hmm. Win at least 10 games. Mm-hmm. Those are the goals, and those are very obtainable goals. Absolutely. And But as far as we talked with Teron a little bit about the um, the coaching duties and, and the defensive stuff and how this is going to – what this says about Vrabel's trust and Art Smith and everything like that. But the, the defensive coaching staff, he brought up a name that I think that – not that people have forgotten about or people don't want to think, but he said that the calming presence there, and you got to understand, is the veteran they have is Jim Haslett. And how he's going to be someone they can they really can lean on. So when they're game planning, that's a good voice. It's almost like having an additional defensive coordinator in the room anyway. So you have you have Rabel who's going to be leading the show with Shane Bowen, correct? But then you've got Hazlitt who's right there. And it sounded like through everything that the, through the coach talk and coach speak and all this, let's decipher it a little bit. It sounds like that they're going to have a function of duties that are not spread out so much as just a trust factor that people are going to do their jobs and do their responsibilities. They're going to have a, a set path and a set game plan and they're going to have the guys that can confidently and the ability to run those so i i think that losing the defense coordinator i think that the freak out is not as warranted given how this team is and given vrabel's mindset well they didn't didn't lose the defense coordinator they chose not to have one and that's well yeah that's what i mean he's not gonna there's not gonna be the official title there and they are losing the defensive coordinator from last year. Yeah, pretty clear, though, that, that, that they have a plan. Right. Whether or not it's a good plan or not, that's debatable, but they have a plan. We'll see. So I think it, it'll be, yeah, there's still a lot of football knowledge in that room. The difference is, I saw someone point out that uh, the, the detractor for this was that, well, you saw how they did the one game that, that Dean Pease left to go to the hospital, how terrible they were. It's like, yeah, but that's also changing five minutes before the game and having to go to someone completely different who's been calling your place. That's different than months and months of prep I'm sorry. I just—it's not going to be the same thing. It's not apples to apples. It's apples to watermelons. Yeah, it's like you know, you have this experienced astronaut that's about to pilot your ship, and so yeah, then all of a sudden he can't 
actually fly the thing, but they say, "Oh, you're still going to go," and you not not necessarily your co-pilot, but we'll have this uh, this guy that uh, he played Flight Simulator once, so he's, he's good to go. He he knows how to fly it in theory, but you know, there's no preparation. There's right. not all those reps there, so that's right. a bad example. And I really uh, undermined the knowledge of Mike Rabel there in stepping that up. But my point sticks that that is apples to oranges. Yeah, but it's just a, it's a different mindset when you're leading into the week that this is going to be your guy, and then having to change last minute to having months of knowing that here's our setup, here's our backups. And that's the thing too, is that maybe this, again, coming back to COVID, if your main guy calling the plays goes down, but you've had this shared experience, this shared wealth of, of knowledge and responsibility, it's just going to be next man up. They're not going to be really losing anything if something un, unthinkable or unfortunate happens like that. So maybe again, this they kind of set this perfect storm st- uh, it's not the best team in the NFL, but it's the perfect storm to get things done and to have a really, really successful season. So you're saying, to wrap up the defensive preview, you're saying they got a little bit better. I'm saying they got a little bit better. And, I, and, I, and, and again, a little bit is better than staying the same. I don't love it, but it's better. It is. It is. 1% better is 1% better is an improvement. Better and that's the thing about coaching is you, you don't ever want to end a day worse than when you started. I always want to get better. That's true. Build. So it, it absolutely is true. I just don't, I, I have my questions. I think there is something to be said about consistency. I think it's more likely if you see them improve statistically that they will improve because others took a step back and were impacted by the COVID stuff. Uh, I think uh, overall though, the defense is going to be about the same. Sure. I don't, I don't, yeah, but they were, I thought they were pretty decent last year as a defense. I, I don't think they were great by any means, but I thought they got the job done. You didn't, the glaring differences was in a few games that they were clearly outmatched. So you just have to find a way. Maybe you have a different game plan when you go to those games again. You've played the Chiefs once, you see what they can do. You caught them at, in the worst. Let's not forget they had a 10 point lead in that game. You just have to find a way to, your offense, not to stall out. And I don't think, I think that game's different. So there's a lot of other factors than just your defense that, the whole team has to play. Oh yeah. So we'll we'll see. I think I I'm I'm going to end with a stance that little bit's better than not getting better, and I nothing but I think to agree with you, there's nothing to write home about. What what does it change of Clowny signs? I think so because Clowny brings so much more. Yes, this is what, the answer is yes. It doesn't think so. If if Davian Clowney signs, yes, they got better on defense. Sorry, yes. sorry, I didn't match your excitement with your 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 question. Yes, it gets better because. But my point, what I was trying to get to was, as people want to point out that he, he doesn't have the sacks or whatever, but he's one of the most successful pass rushers against double teams that's out there. He also brings so much more than just pass rushing. He's a monster in the run game. He does so much more than just pass rush. He's a good football player. He oh, is yeah. he is going to be a welcome addition if he comes. I hope I'm wrong. That's another one of those things. I'll be glad to say I'm wrong. I'll be glad to, to go in the chats that I've been in and say I'm wrong that he's not coming. Something tells me you won't have to go search for that criticism too far. No, no, it'll it'll be it'll pinging me you. left and right as soon as it happens. In fact, if, if he's been signed while we've been recording this, I'm sure my phone's blowing up now, and I just wouldn't know it because it's on silent out of respect for the podcast. So, But that's going to wrap that, the defense up there. We did preview the offense. We previewed the season. I'm glad football is right around the corner. What are we, four or five weeks away? Yeah, I think it is four weeks away. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to be doing some 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 things to watch out for in Broadway sports. We're going to have a roundtable after the games when we go through and talk, vent, talk about what worked, what was good. We're going to have some other stuff coming up. We're still getting the works, possibly some preview stuff, but we're always going to have those great articles, those great podcasts. 
So one of the things we're going to do with Coach's Corner from time to time is we're going to have a coaching story or two. Now, we, I've got a ton. I don't want to – we may have an episode when we get with Spray again or somebody where we just talk about coaching stories because he had some good stories too. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to start us off with oh, a coaching story from your past. And this is maybe something we'll end on every, every show. We'll see how it goes. But this is always one of my favorite parts about coaching is when you get together to have a beer with your buddies is what stories can you share. Oh, yeah. So we have uh, a kid who has uh, been part of the team, uh, not, a real, not a real top performer on the team, but, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, you keep these kids around. You, you want to give them an opportunity. Sometimes it means more to them than what they're actually, what you may see tangibly on the field. So we were down at this game, and uh, there was a, a JV game, actually, is in this one, coaching in high school at this point. And so JV game, we play that one first. End up having to tie tie the kids' pants for him. He couldn't get the couldn't get the pants tied. So, by the way, doing that in public is super awkward. Yeah. But um, managed to get that done. Moved on. Thought we were done here and get over to the varsity game. Varsity game is going on. Uh, we had the game pretty much in hand. I don't remember what the score was. And the time came where it was okay. Let's give these kids some run. So we decided to put this kid in on special teams. He's going to be the gunner on the kickoff team and run and run down the field. Uh, again, we're I, I can't remember if it was going to be a touchback. We had a we had high school kickers here at this point, so it was probably a hit or miss on whether or not there was actually going to be a return or anything. But largely, the game didn't matter at this point. Kickoff kick the kid is closest to me uh, on our sideline. So he's going to be running right past us. No harm, no foul. And we have a coach that is very hard line. Like he's a hard liner, you know. It's there's no joking. It's just this is a good thing for the for the kid. Kid takes off down the field at the kickoff, and I kid you not, just bare assed running down the field where his pants fell down. And but you know, it kudos to him. Kudos to him. That kid did not stop. He just kept going, and I swear, runs right down our entire sideline, right in front of the head coach. Right in front of me, and you know you're trying, you're trying to keep it together. You're trying just to, you know, you want to keep, you know, oh, this is normal. It was not normal, uh, and so that was probably one of the funnier stories uh, in an actual game that I can remember. Um, and unfortunately, that uh, you know we moved on pretty quickly, though. I mean, it was uh, I got, a kid was super happy that he got to run down on the field. I'm not sure our head coach was too happy, though. Well, try to wrap this up because you have those kind of stories, and I'll have a ton later on. We'll try to do this one at a time, so I'll take the next one just so we can get out of here and, and everything. But that's I can't imagine what was going through y'all's heads. I mean, obviously you lived it. That's just how do you come back from that? You just have to kind of say, "All right, pull your pants up, and let's go." I mean, let's let's uh, let's go on to the next play. It, he literally picked his pants up by his bootstraps. He was a real hard working kid, real <laughs> grinding. It's an inspiration to all. <laughs> I'm just glad he didn't trip and fall and have to sit there on the ground with it, but whatever. I mean, just maybe it would have been better if he did trip and fall, but let's move on from that. It actually that. is the perfect metaphor for all your baseball season talk that you go with. <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm going to turn this into a baseball, uh, baseball podcast, whether you like it or not. That'll do it for us this week. This has been the Coach's Corner, part of Broadway Sports Network. Remember to be sure and check out all of our other podcasts, articles, and video breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTM. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well. Follow Jonathan at JB on Broad and follow me at Ryan on Broadway. 
Also follow our show, Not For Nothing, at Coaches on Broad. Hit that subscribe, mash that like button before you close out the app, and leave us a five-star review, please. Thank you very much. That's going to do it for us this time. We out. See you.